0: If you really want something, what do you have to do to work harder to get there? If you really want it, you know, like you've got to contribute too. (laughs) Welcome to Balancing Point Podcast, where you will experience
1: the captivating world of professional ballet. On this show, you will hear what it takes to make it in the exclusive world. Each guest will share with you their struggles, their I've made it moments and their advice for success. And ultimately, you will
0: learn what it is really like to live your dream. Join your host, Kimberly Falker, and today's inspiring guests as they take you on a behind the scenes journey into
1: ballet. Hi everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Balancing Point Podcast. Today I have yet another amazingly wonderful guest. Today we will be hearing from none other than the choreographer extraordinaire Matthew Neenan, who has really been making headlines lately. Uh, In fact, he has recently been featured in the New York Times with the headline that says, The Choreographer Matthew Neenan of Ballet X Nears the Stratosphere. So it kind of shows you that he's really making a huge name, Lately, as ballet companies around the, company, around the country are performing his works, including most recently at the Vale International Dance Festival and upcoming, uh, in, I believe this month, at the Joyce Theater's Ballet Festival. And in fact, New York Times' toughest dance critic, Alistair McCauley, actually praised Matthew as one of the most appealing and singular choreo- choreographic voices in ballet today. So that just tells you that if he can impress Alistair, then he's doing something great. And I did want to mention to you that uh, I did interview Matthew late last summer. So some of the information that you'll hear in this interview, he speaks of his upcoming work. So it's kind of exciting to see that what he spoke of has actually taken off probably far more than he even envisioned. So I just wanted to give you that little information, and let's go ahead and dive right in with Matthew Neenan. I'll just dive into your personal history and kind of get some of of your background, and then we'll move forward to where you are today. So I know that um, you've probably been interviewed a ton, so I don't want to, you know go down roads that you're bored and talking about. But you started off dancing in ballet, and that was um, in Boston, and that was because you followed your sister's footsteps?
0: Yes. Yeah, it was a total uh, stereotypical (laughs) um, scenario of how a boy gets into ballet, and it was my two older sisters. They were uh, students at the Boston Ballet School. And I was tagged along because I had to, uh, but I loved it. I, I mean, I think and that's I not a
1: bad it. place to start, huh?
0: <laughs> no, and it's that, that was going on since I was two. So I think at two years old, I was in. I took my first ballet class. At and four. then,
1: um, did either of your sisters wind up pursuing it professionally, or were you the the one?
0: No, they did as well. My my oldest sister who I ended up living with in New York city during my teen years. Uh, she was, became a Broadway dancer and did a few shows. Um, uh, most notably was, uh, Jerome Robbins Broadway. It was like 89, 90, uh, a great time for I Broadway bet, dance. Yeah. And you know, it was, it was a great time in my life when I was living there. Uh, full-time anyway. And then my other sister was here in Pennsylvania Ballet. (laughs) It's pretty much how I arrived to Philadelphia. uh, Because she was in the company and because I was in New York, I would come visit her all the time because it's so close and uh, grew an affinity for the company. And then I was, you know, I did a couple of um, more like supplemental dancing for the company, like two programs where the company has uh you know extra quarter ballet dancers but i did that a couple of times with the company and then i was just kind of hired into the co- in, in right into the main company so,
1: so were they both um at that point dancing professionally when you um were quite young i mean the, what's the age difference
0: yes <clears throat> uh 10 years between my oldest sister and myself so by the time you know by the time i was seven or eight she had already moved to new york city and was freelanced at all these different things, like any starving artist does. Well,
1: that's neat though, because you're able to learn a lot from their experiences. I'm sure.
0: Exactly. No, uh, she was the opposite. She was like in the ballet world, so I was able to all hear all of her advice as well. So I learned a lot from. Both
1: and then, and both. Um, so you were in Boston, but then you wound up moving down to New York. Um, at SAB or School of American Ballet, why did you choose to go there versus staying in Boston?
0: Uh, my oldest sister and her boyfriend at the time kind of coaxed my mother into <laughs> letting me leave because they, they knew I was miserable. Uh, and I grew, I grew up right outside of Boston was a major outcast. I had to lie about my dancing, although people knew I was made of a lot. I was miserable. It's really miserable. As yeah, like a, a,
1: that's so tough. It's tough for kids.
0: I'm pretty thick-skinned now because of it, <laughs> but uh, but at the time I wasn't thick-skinned, and it really hurt. Well, it's interesting because
1: I know that um, you know, even though. My daughter's a a girl at her junior high. She really is kind of the only one in this very large junior high that is, you know, of this world. And so I last summer she spent the summer in New York City and she came back and said it was just amazing to be surrounded by everyone that speaks the same language. And it was just it was like a whole different world, you know. Exactly.
0: Exactly and my you know my sister made my parents realize like Matt can go to a high school where he can walk around with his dance bag and it's not a big deal. Like imagine that. Like imagine that. Like I that was just kind of when I entered, you know, I went to uh LaGuardia High School of Performing Arts as well.
1: So you went there um, for um you <clears throat> you kind of did it may, maybe I'm wrong but did you go down there for the high school and then got into SAB or vice versa?
0: Yes. No, I went Okay, so that's there. really
1: kind of a unique path
0: there. It is, yeah. And then I went to, uh, I had already been to some SAB summer courses. Um, but then after spending a full year in New York where I wasn't at SAB and I was just at the high school, then I kind of knew it was time to go to SAB. And the school, LaGuardia, encouraged me to go to So SAB
1: where were you too. doing your training when you were at LaGuardia? Just at LaGuardia or were you doing outside supplemental stuff?
0: Just at LaGuardia? Yeah, I would, do, uh, I would go to like Steps. I would go to Steps on Broadway and I would take like Nancy Bielski's. Or you know what? I, this was even back in the day at the old David Howard studio on... Uh, on Amsterdam with the view of the Hudson, those gorgeous studios, uh, I would take class there a And alone. then,
1: um, is, the, is the LaGuardia High School, is that the one, the fame one? Yes.
0: Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, and that's like right in back of Lincoln Center. So I was right in a good area where, you know, occasionally I would just go out, pop out, and take class. But once I got into SAB, then it was strictly kind of SAB.
1: Right. And then you stayed at that high school?
0: I did stay at the high school. But, uh, and they were great. They treated me wonderfully. Uh, my last year, my senior year, I couldn't because I was starting to do more at, at SAB where I was doing their workshops and their lectures, and so I was busy. And they excused me to take my dance classes at LaGuardia but continue my academic education which was just really generous and lovely of them. And they don't, you know, they probably shouldn't do it, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> and it pissed, I, I remember it pissing off a lot of my schoolmates. but oh, I bet. <laughs> Whatever, that's what they, you know, they allowed it. And I worked hard, you know, I, I was working, they knew I wasn't slugging off, they knew I was working, so, and I've kept a great relationship with them too.
1: So. Well, that's great, yeah. Yeah. So was there ever a moment during your senior year, junior year, where you considered doing college or applying to colleges as well?
0: No, I didn't. No, not even. Uh, I had it in me. I, I knew that I was going to join a ballet.
1: And so at that age, you know, kind of when you're in that mentality or focus, you know, is it one of those things where... You just know innately you will get into a company, but you're not sure which, or did you have your heart set on New York City Ballet in that moment?
0: I did in that moment, but I kept my my options open. Uh, I think I was kind of targeted to get into New York City Ballet, and I actually, uh, it was actually after I graduated from high school. Maybe it was after I had too much time on my hands, and um, I struggled at at the school and uh my dancing got a little bit worse and then I think it was
1: and did you struggle at the school because of just your own like negative self-talk or what do you think got in your way negative
0: self-talk for sure
1: and was it based on comparing yourself to others or were you convincing yourself that you weren't Being recognized, you know,
0: both comparing myself to others and then, you know, not having the understanding because in the ballet world, it can it can get cold. You know, you can be we always have this quote unquote flavor of the month. So you can be the flavor of the month. And then when you're not anymore or if there's someone else who's come in and you can either kind of sink or swim. And a lot of us just kind of sink on the, at that moment because it's crushing, and you're so young, you know, you're so, you're so impressionable. It's just like, it's devastating. Even though, you know, looking back, you're like, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Just work harder. <laughs> like, it's my advice to a lot of young dancers too. You just, just keep working. Just keep working your best. I don't know what else to tell you. you just keep working. Like, do it for you.
1: That's so easy to say <laughs> and so hard to, like, do it, you know?
0: I know. It's so easy to say. Yeah. And at that age. Yeah.
1: Just... I mean, everything. You're you're angst-ridden about everything at that age. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, yeah, like, I know that even, like, my daughter has made comments about, you know, her instructor definitely meant, you know, doesn't like her for this reason or whatever. And it's like, how do you know? Because... I could tell, <laughs> you know? and and in fact, in real life, maybe that instructor just realized that she hadn't paid the mortgage on time, and she's stressed out, <laughs> you know, like, it might have nothing to do with you whatsoever, you know? Right,
0: I know, and that's, it's so hard to understand, so, and I, I'm very sensitive, I'm still sensitive, you know, I gained a thick skin, but I'm still, like, very sensitive and, you know... Back then, I was extremely sensitive and very... Uh, I still, you know, I really didn't become myself until my 20s. And then, even as I get older, I just turned 40. I'm even more myself than ever. It's just like... It really just gets better. I don't I don't mind... Um, I really don't mind getting older. It's been great. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I think especially if a person takes the time to pause and kind of reflect and, you know, gain from it versus just pushing away bad thoughts. You know, I think that those are the ones that you pause and think about, why do I keep having this thought? What's it telling me? And then you can get something from that. Exactly. So what was the process then with not getting asked to stay? So you, you graduate high school and then what happens?
0: I graduated high school. Do they say school. you I should try something stay. else? or No, I stayed at SAB um, for like a, maybe another year, year and a half. Uh, and they were still kind to me, but it was also, I mean, I joined Pennsylvania Ballet like in a, in a mid-year or two. Like I started my contract in like January. And I could have stuck it out at SAB, but to see if I could still get into the New York City Ballet, but I just kind of decided to go with my heart. And at that moment, it was really nice to be with my sister at the time, dancing with her. I felt a little nurtured in in a way because I left home so young. And, um, you know, even with my older sister, even though she was a very maternal kind of sibling, she's still your sibling. She's not your mother. So I kind of would always flock to my each sister for a little bit of nurturing in that artistic field because they were going through it too.
1: So that first year you stayed with your older sister. Did you move into the dorms at Sab after that, or did you stay?
0: I did not. No, I always stayed there. Yeah.
1: And do you think that was a good yeah, thing, I or stayed there. I mean,
0: oh, totally. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't. I really didn't want to stay in the dorms. I was really, and they. The I was honest. I had a scholarship there, so. At the time when they were when the dorms first came into uh, into play, they if you were on scholarship you had to uh, live there. I'm not sure if that rule is still valid, but at that time, yeah, you had to live there. And they kind of were telling me, "Oh, well, now you have to live the dorms." And I was like, "No, I can't. (laughs) Like, I have a home here. Like, I have a an apartment and a sister in it and her friends, and they're my, you know, like I have a, a a being." somewhere else. So they understood that. I think I might have, like, freaked out a little bit on them. (laughs) (laughs) How
1: old were you when you started the year round there?
0: Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen, my sophomore year of high school.
1: Looking back on it, do you think that um, you went away from home too early, or do you think it really was the right time?
0: Oh, no, it was the right time. (laughs) I guess,
1: especially in light of what you said about the school at home back in Boston.
0: Yeah. And I think it just helped me. I'm like, naturally a very shy person. And I think it was just like, those kind of kick in the butt experiences, or was it's, it was just good for me. And I was, you know, I had guidance. If I didn't have my older sister there, there was no way I could have done it. But I, I was able to do it. And no, no regrets at all with that decision. So,
1: regarding getting a contract with um, Pennsylvania Ballet, um, did you even have to audition or did they reach out to you?
0: No, I just kind of, my audition was just kind of how I worked with the company. You know, I, they needed a supplemental, you know, a couple of supplemental dancers, so I filled in for that during Nutcracker. And I think after that. And they that, knew of went, you
1: through your sister?
0: Yes, of course.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: And my sister was very well-liked and respected in the company. So, you know, it it helped.
1: (laughs) Right. And does she still dance with them now?
0: No, she does not. Well, both sisters have, like, they've both retired for the most part by now.
1: You were with uh, Pennsylvania Ballet for, what, like 13 years? Yes. And then did, did you do like an official retirement or did you just kind of start doing your other, um, you know, start your company on the side or how did that work?
0: I did have an official retirement. I didn't ever plan to because what was great about being a dancer there, you know, and when, when I started to choreograph and if I was choreographing for the company or if I had a project somewhere else, Roy would allow me to kind of leave and take a leave of absence from the company and always come back, which was wonderful. Um, I was still on the roster. I was still on salary. I'm forever, forever grateful to him for, for allowing me to, to have that. Um, cause I would go away for months at a time and then just come back and like pick up where I, you know, get back and ballet class again. Uh, but I did end up having a retirement because They were doing a piece called Company B by Paul Taylor, where I had done one of the principal roles in there. And it was my first principal role ever with the company when I was 21. And I was, you know, 34 at the time and just decided, like, I think I should retire with that piece. And it's a very arduous, like. Six to seven minutes solo. That's just non-stop dancing. And I just kind of wanted to prove to myself too, like, you know, if anything, I'm more mentally healthy as a dancer, so I can physically get through this better than I did at 21. And it was a great, it was, I'm, yeah, it was wonderful. I just was like, I'm gonna just do that. And I knew I was gonna still dance. I, at that point, Ballet X was about a year or two old. So we needed, you know, we were dancing because we had to. uh, And we had like no, we didn't have a lot of male dancers. So I did that for about a, I still kept dancing with Ballet X for about a year and a half. And then I was vacationing in Europe and stressing out about dancing, stressing out about getting back in shape and all this other stuff I have to do. I have to direct, I have to choreograph, I have to meet with these people. And I, you know, and I just made this, like, it was like within five seconds, I just said to myself, you have to stop dancing.
1: So it was like an epiphany it, type of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was an epiphany. And I was in a church at the time, too. <laughs> like a Christmas concert with my <laughs> sister. She was living there. At the, one of my, my other sister, the non-dancer, was living there at the time. And yeah, I just said it to myself. And I was like, that's it. That's what we got to do. And then my, yeah.
1: Well, it's it interesting. Great. I think that sometimes when... um like some of the best life decisions are made when you're outside of your world, you know, outside of the bubble, yeah. and you can look from the outside in and have a little bit more clarity, you know. Exactly. So going back to when you were, um, when you were allowed to take off for months at a time, how did how did your work um, as a choreographer begin, and how did it get recognized to that degree?
0: Well, a lot of my first stuff, I mean. It was a good five or six year period, too, where I only did like a a piece or two a year. Whether it was for Pennsylvania Ballet or some kind of offshoot thing here in Philadelphia. Uh, But even with
1: Pennsylvania Ballet, how did you first say, look, I want to try this? Or look, I've got a talent? Or how does that even begin for a person? Oh,
0: I see. Again, that was kind of, that was Roy. He uh, he saw a piece I had done for um, a benefit called uh, Shut Up and Dance, which supports an organization called Mana here in Philadelphia that uh, serves meals to HIV and cancer patients or anyone with a ailing disease. And I did a piece for that, and he was impressed. And then I did. And a how piece. did you
1: even start with that?
0: How did you I knew know that you could do that? You
1: know, know what I mean? Oh, you did? Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. That that I should. Yeah. Going back to our earlier conversation, like that was another thing that drew me to the company was that the dancers could choreograph every year if they wanted to for this benefit, oh, which okay. was hugely popular. It's still very popular. It's, it's over 20 years now. But wow. in the beginning, it was like a huge hit event in the city. And you know, any dancer in the company that wanted to choreograph could, and I, I absolutely knew that I wanted to try it.
1: Okay, that's neat. I, so then I, he saw that and liked it, and then started giving you a little bit more opportunities. Yes. And then ultimately, where? How does a chore, a new choreographer, choreographer it, trying to get their name out there? How do you do that? How do you wind up getting selected?
0: Or, it really took know. time. Uh, I don't think anyone really took it seriously for a while. Uh, it, they did in Philadelphia for sure. They okay. Did within the because
1: you had a name for yourself there.
0: I had a name for myself here, and, and that helps. it kind of it helps, but it kind of well it lends stayed. itself
1: credibility too, right? Yes. Yeah, and I was
0: dancing, so I was still right, like, right. doing a bunch of different things. But my life was pretty solely. Uh, here in Philadelphia as far as work and choreographing I would choreographed for certain schools here and there I eventually choreographed for Juilliard in 2006 that was a huge deal for me yeah uh, I did a piece for Washington Ballet in 2007 like those like I look back and I was like oh that, that was like those were really huge deals but time. did you
1: reach out to them and market yourself, or did they reach yeah. out to you kind of randomly? It's a,
0: no, you market yourself to them. It's, you know, it's building relationships.
1: Got it. Okay.
0: And then, you know, in 2003, I did the New York City Ballet Choreographic Institute. That was like another huge deal for me. You know, they knew me yeah. from when I was in the school. But, you know, back then it was much more complicated because, you know, you'd have to put this whole packet together together. To send to directors
1: where you have it stamps it, like, a DVD, on it, <laughs> a resume,
0: yeah, like, you know, this big folder, like reviews, and it's so much, you know, so Did much you have better
1: guidance, better or is, do they provide you with the, the expectation of what you're supposed to send, or did you have to kind of become your own creative marketer?
0: I had to be, I had to become my own creative marketer.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: People help you along the way, but no one's going to do it except you.
1: No. Right. No, so do you, like, so you wind still, up having to like, I kind of
0: realize that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's never I mean, I think change. that's that way in a lot of, <laughs> in a lot of avenues yeah, of life, you know, in many
0: professions and many, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's up to you. If you really want to do it and you want to get your name out there and you want to work with companies and work with different people and meet new people and just keep growing your own empire. It's like, you gotta right. like, it's, it's constant work.
1: Yeah. And now with the social media even adds an element of it's easier, but also harder because it never stops. You start thinking it's about, oh, my stops. gosh, I forgot to yeah. tweet 20 times today. <laughs>
0: you know? Exactly. I'm I'm not big. I'm a good retweeter. <laughs> I yeah. definitely do what I have to do. Uh, but that's, you know yeah i'm yeah. not like social social media crazy I, I wish i was a little bit more but i do what i you know if i have to promote yeah. something, i will well
1: um, what's nice is um i'm you know the learning curve in this podcast has just been super steep because i have never ever done anything like this so it's 100 percent brand new both no, in the, I'm sh- yeah, the, I'm the sure public speaking piece or or any of that i've learned how to be a an editor and you know, it's, it's really fun, but it's, um, you know, it's a little intimidating sometimes, but you know, there are some interesting, um, you know, obviously time savers with social media, like things like Hootsuite where you can just schedule out things in advance. So some, right. something, you know, for, I don't know if you use it, but certainly for big promotions for new shows or new, you know, things that you've got coming up, it definitely saves a lot of time if you just schedule it all at once. Yeah, and it just filters out through the week. But anyway, exactly. <laughs> we we'll get, no, we'll get back to dance yeah. here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but even sending, you know, now like when you want to get in touch with the director, you just like you know you just send them a link.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Send them a photo. You just send them like just send them something that they can click like immediately. And they may not, you know. I I'll get stuff yeah. from people too, and you just you just. You, can't do everything
1: (laughs) yeah and 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 unfortunately i could see how if it got pushed you know down a little bit it could get forever forgotten and so maybe you know for for some people or even for you doing the old-fashioned snail mail might give you a bigger bang than otherwise you know
0: yeah i mean you know yeah you just gotta i think
1: you just just have to get creative (laughs)
0: right and also like the right place at the right time yeah. If you ever run into someone at the at a conference, like at a Dance USA conference, or you know, and they're like, "Oh, I see you. Maybe you should do a work for me." You know, it's like there's a yeah, lot of that, like too, top of mind like, thing. Yeah, which is you know, not that you have to go to everything, but it's important to you know show He's up seen. in places. Yeah. Or, yeah, or get you know show up at a Dance USA conference, and you know.
1: Right. Yeah,
0: let people know you're serious.
1: That's true. Yeah. So when you choreograph, um, you know, where do you gather your inspiration, typically, or is there not a typical?
0: Uh, it's always different. I think, for the most part, and a lot of my earlier work, it was always through a piece of music. Uh, I think, as a dancer, my probably one of my better qualities was my musicality. So I love music. I love playing with music. I love, you know, even back then, listening to music and trying to create, you know, steps or just, uh, you know, oh, maybe I should try something slow to this fast music. You know, I was always um, obsessed with, you know, phrasing, you know, whether it was Mozart or pop music. So, and even now, my favorite way to work and my most, like, kind of a sigh of relief when I know I need to do a a new work, but it just has to go with the music. It's just like, it's, it's heavenly. And then you can create a concept or an idea as time goes on. And that's from building the physical material. And that's. So you
1: find the music first and then kind of build it from there. Yes. And then, you know, it seems as if from, you know, you said that you're shy and you know, you're sensitive and, but it feels to me that putting a piece that you've created from something within you feels so vulnerable and it kind of shares such a personal piece of yourself. I mean, how do you All get right. past your, your negative talk when you finally pull the trigger and put it out there?
0: Um, <laughs> good question. It's kind of, that's another like, you know, every, every, uh, I think as I've gained a little bit of wisdom, I know how to put out those fires or those, like you know, when you're you're at a tech rehearsal and you're like, "That was a mess. This looks like, you know, shit. <laughs> right. I, what was I thinking? Like, you know." And then back in the day, that would just like put me in a tizzy, and my heart would be racing, and I would just like want to crawl up in a ball. And then you just almost apologize for the work, which is a horrible.
1: Right, feeling. right. I know. Uh, I know what you mean. Yeah.
0: And a lot of that's just in your head. And now I just don't do that to myself.
1: (laughs) Do you, when you...
0: If I know it could be better, I'm like, well, how do we even make it better in this next rehearsal? How do we, like, make this a really great experience? Like, I just want to always have great experiences. Um, Whether it was the best piece I ever did or not, I just want to know the experience itself was, you know prolific and something that I can learn from
1: right now are your dances um I don't I guess I don't know how to ask the question but like are your dances typically kind of a bit of a a concept that tells a story that you hope the audience to understand or is it just putting together a concept that it doesn't you just hope the audience enjoy I I don't know how to ask what I'm
0: Asking. Uh, I, no, it's a little bit of both, because you can just do your plain abstract ballet, and sometimes yeah. people get those more.
1: Ah, okay.
0: <laughs> they just want to see, like, oh, that was straight, a straightforward piece, straightforward ballet, and that's all I came to see. Uh, a lot right. of times people have questions when there actually was, like, kind of a concept or some kind of narrative or some kind of, like, storyline, and they either get it or they don't.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, so sometimes it's like, you know, people say, oh, well, that, you know, that dance was about the choreographer's childhood, you know, and I always wonder, how do they know that? Because I never could have figured that one out.
0: Right. <laughs> well, it's funny. I actually just did a piece for Ballet West and oh, it was okay. an abstract ballet and I, I, my inspiration and I even talked to the dancers about it was a childhood story that I went through a slightly tragic story too that um, I shared with them and I was like this is my this is what I'm basing it on Uh, but I knew and I told them I said the audience isn't going to get that at all (laughs) 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 they're gonna think I even you know I'm like they're gonna you know and that's okay that's fine right but it's got a It's got to have an original, you know. Even now, with every piece, I'm like, I want it to have some kind of original meaning so that the audience can feel something, even if they thought it was something completely different. That's okay. Okay. It's okay, unless you're really trying to tell a story, then you really have to try to tell it correctly. Right. (laughs) Do you ever find like that now? So,
1: are you in what way?
0: the new piece I'm doing for Ballet X is based off of a, a true story. Okay. So, and we're doing it in a very, you know, abstract way. Well, dance is abstract. So it's like, right. I mean, it's, it's a form, it's, but it's, you know, if you're going to tell a story in any artistic way, it's, it's right. abstract. So, but, uh, but still trying to like, I'm, you know, I keep, asking myself questions while I'm rehearsing it, like, is this telling the story? Is this telling the story? Is this being clear? Even if it gets a little off and it gets a little weird and it gets a little, you know, what the hell is going on kind of a moment, but is it still telling the truth of what this piece is about?
1: Right. Huh. Gosh, it's so far above my thinking. (laughs) 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 That's why I enjoy watching it, but no. I just, you know, it's such a gift. No, and I those I, Those that do know. it, it's just such a unique gift to me, you know, I it just, it's like a mathematical equation that I can't even conceive of, you know. <laughs> so, you know, you and a fellow dancer from um, from your company started the Ballet X in 2005, uh, and now you're the resident company at, um, what's the name of the theater again? The Wilma Theater. Awesome. And that's is is that like a historic theater? I mean that's a really big deal right?
0: it is the Wilma theater is a theater company that's been around since um the the eighties uh another they're kind of like a balletck story. It was a a married couple uh that came in you know that came in from Europe and started a company and it was started in like a black box type of theater which grew into another kind of bigger theater and then they formed a larger theater called the Wilma Theater, which is now right in center city on Broad Street. Um, there's just a huge success story and they've delivered some really great plays. Um, they bring in great playwrights and directors, they direct themselves. Uh, one, the husband has now passed away, uh, but Blanca Zitzka has just done amazing stuff. So in that regard, it was a big deal. And they had a new managing director that came in and he wanted to have more dance or more music or something more in the theater. They were doing their four to five plays a year, but he, you know, he was getting them to think like, oh, well, why don't we like fill the off time? And at that point, we were about two years old, and we had done a performance in there. There's the Philadelphia Fringe Festival, uh fringe arts festival that happens every year, and we were a part of that festival, and we were at the Wilma, and we were, I think we did three shows there in a weekend, and we sold out every show. And then they, after that, they said, well, why don't you start to do more shows? Do you want to be the resident dance company?
1: like Yes. (laughs) Where had you been doing your shows prior to that?
0: Before that, not many other places. There's a a small theater, great little theater called the Arts Bank. We did a couple of shows there. And, you know, at this point, we were really small potatoes. I think, you know, we had about like eight to 10 weeks of work. (laughs) Okay, for for dancers and ourselves, you know, I mean, we were working very diligently at it. But The Wilma, once the Wilma happened, everything changed. Uh, Wow. Yeah, because then you kind
1: of have a regular name
0: plate. We had a regular, we had three series a year.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: So it was great. Are you the only
1: one that choreographs then? Or do you have others that? No. Okay. no.
0: At this point, we've got a plethora of different choreographers so okay. in the beginning, I was doing most of it. Christine Cox was doing some of the choreography as well. Uh, okay, she's was definitely the business mind of the of the company. So she took more, over, you know, she took over more of those roles. But uh, the whole goal and the whole um, gut of the company is to bring in new choreography and new work.
1: You know, oh, that's neat. And then, do you you obviously your works are um, programmed, or you you do programs elsewhere too? Do you do it just like for the instance, the one with Ballet West was that a piece that they purchased from you, or did you do it for them?
0: Oh, they purchased. No, I did it for them. I did a new work. Okay. They commissioned me, and I did a new work for them. Uh, okay, that's so that, exciting.
1: Prior to
0: that, I done a piece for Milwaukee Ballet, and um, yeah, my. I've been. I'm now. Never really in Philadelphia.
1: <laughs> oh, really?
0: But yeah. But it's you know. That's okay.
1: <laughs> so who um, for for Ballet X, who's kind of the main? Um, are you the artistic director?
0: Well, or who kind I, of runs
1: the the um, I guess the
0: uh, the company. Christine, from Christine Cox runs the company. Okay. She really runs the company. Uh, We started it together. We worked our butts off. Um, We were still dancing at the time. You know, it was really. uh, Christine always kind of took the head on things because she's, she's, you know, she's a doer. She's a hustler. She's like, she just, she gets the work done. Uh, The company never would be where it was if it wasn't for her we had a great executive, not executive, a board president. Her name was Sally Steffen. She, she really helped launch the company. Uh, we established a board of directors right away. So, you know, she was, she was a great leader as well. And now we're into like our third or fourth, um, board president. And they've all been amazing. That's just, you know, yeah, been on our side. And like, I, it's, like I, you know, you, you don't, you can't do it on your own.
1: No, no. So your involvement exactly. now is more when you're in town, you work with it, or are you? Yeah, even not yeah. So, and yeah.
0: at this point, too, my um, it hasn't been like officially announced yet. Although the dance world is so small, and everybody knows now. But my position is changing within the company. I'm now going to be have a, like a new title, which is co-founder principal okay. choreographer slash principal uh partly because choreography has just kind of taken over my life and I love it and I want to I want to keep doing it and I want to improve in it and I want to do more and I want right. to challenge myself and I want to fail <laughs> and succeed <laughs> of course Right. but right in, in order to do that I yeah, I, I actually, going back to our earlier conversation, when you have those epiphanies, when you're far away from home, and I was in mm-hmm. New Zealand researching this new piece of mine that premieres next month, and uh, I that's when I said to myself, like, I need to make some decisions about what my roles are with Ballet X, and... Right. And... Um, it's not really being a director anymore because I, I was always away. For the last couple of years, I've been away a lot. I'm away like 50 to like 60% of the time. And that's confusing to the dancers. It's
1: confusing, yeah. It's confusing
0: yeah. to the organization and people, are you know, right. and just like how you ask. People have, you know, even like a couple of years. So they're like, are you still directing the company? And you're like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But no, not I know really. you mean. I yeah. mean, I, I have a lot of input. I mean, even now, like, nothing's really changed. Like, I'll always be involved with auditions, deciding on, you know, the repertoire for the company, the, uh, the dancers for the company. Right. That may thin out a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. And it was a lot of the administrative stuff that I just wasn't able to handle anymore.
1: No, I can't imagine. That's too many... And Balls in yeah. the air, <laughs> and it—you know—I you know, it, would imagine stressful. it's, yeah, and I think it would start affecting, you know, the level of, um, you know, your your choreography that it starts showing if you're feeling stressed. You know, it might not yeah. bring the true, exactly. gift that you have within you. You know,
0: yeah, now the One that many, many of us many don't moments. have.
1: <laughs> well, there are many. So you got to use it if you it have affected
0: it. my creative. Yeah, my creative aspects. It was like it was it was tough at times, but yeah. And even if you have um, the
1: concept, if you're feeling stressed, it might be how you respond during a rehearsal. It might not be as authentically exactly kind when it's not supposed right. to be stressed. You know, this exactly. is you're doing what you love. You know. <laughs> so going back to the the company, you mentioned that you're still involved with auditions, which you know, as I mentioned earlier, that's a big. Um, Question mark for a lot of dancers. What do you look for for your company in particular? What do you look for um, in a dancer for your company?
0: Um. First and foremost, they need to be able to move. <laughs> they need. They need to like. They need to have like a a really good understanding of your of their body. To just know how to get from A to Z. Uh,
1: and do you find that that's rare?
0: It's it's like it's, but it's it's not even just the physicality of it. It's like the emo. It's like everything. It's just like even one simple step, how they do it and how they offer it to the world. And it it can be from a really great ballet dancer or not. You know, it's like.
1: Well, does it seem like a lot of them? Um, a lot of the ones that. Are better at it kind of come from it from a place of experience and wisdom kind of like what you've mentioned that over time you've learned to become better because of your experiences right or can you or do you find it in the younger ones too
0: well it's you know what right now when we started ballet X especially because we were all still dancing and we were in our you know late 20s early 30s at the time and the company was We always found like more mature dancers who had been in companies for years and then they just want to do something a little more different, a little more like, you know, experimental, you know, more intimate, you know, as far as the theater you were performing in. And and that was kind of the case with the company for a while. A few young people here and there for sure. There's always young 20 something year olds, but now it's, it's it's very young. And the the dancers we've who have been auditioning for the company are very young.
1: Um, that's interesting. Like right so it's obviously getting a name for itself too, you know.
0: Yeah, and I I'm you know I'm really impressed with a lot of the dancers from the, the next generation.
1: Oh, that's neat. That's good to uh, hear. And I
0: think. I think a lot of them have like a, a strong background. Like they did ballet, they did jazz, they did this. They might've even done some hip hop. And like all of okay. that is useful for us with the choreographers we bring in. It's not, you know, it's not just pretty ballet. It's, it's, they have to have an edge to, and that's from like doing a lot of different kinds of dancing, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if you didn't do it kind of like you said um, in your younger training, then that's where maybe having some experiences later would help. Yes. Then what about the summer intensive? What type of training or what type of dancer would be a good fit for there?
0: That is uh, kind of the same thing. After we have the company auditions in New York and Philly, then we have the summer intensive auditions. And that's just kind of... You know, again, looking for a dancer who's got some background, you know, ballet background for sure, and uh, and knowing that they're open to trying new material that maybe they've never tried before, because the intensive, the intensive is hard. We're only in our, we're going into our third year of it. Uh, I'm actually not that involved because during that time, I'm always like crazy choreographing on something. But, uh, the, the students do some of my rep and some of the rep, like some of the recent rep that was just done from choreographers. So they're learning some really interesting stuff. And
1: how many weeks you know,
0: is it? It's two weeks, Okay. but it's, it's kind of like, you know, I think it's a, a good six to seven hour day, uh, and they do some Pilates. They do some yoga. How
1: many kids get into the um, summer? I think it's like
0: twenty-five to thirty.
1: Okay, so it's a nice small number.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and it it goes by really fast. But in that time period, you really you do a lot. <laughs> yeah. You do a lot, and you learn a lot, and you know a lot of the feedback we got from students and. You know, some of their parents as well was was very positive. So that's another thing. You know that we just started, we just launched, and uh, hopefully that you know not hopefully. I think it will will grow immensely. And uh, Christine is very passionate about uh, teaching and you know getting the new generation in and teaching them the ropes and getting people, getting a team that can inspire them so
1: that's exciting and you know I, i know that we're getting close to the end here so i did want to um kind of just ask a couple of the the questions that a lot of my listeners ask is um you know if if you could give a piece of advice to an aspiring dancer you know for today what would you say to them
0: Uh, it depends what you want to do, what kind of dancer you are or what you're looking for, because I've mostly been in the ballet world, but then I've definitely had friends and, you know, you see the other kind of parts of the dance world. And if you want to be a dancer in New York and audition for Broadway and all this other stuff, that's a whole nother kind of mentality you have to have. Right. Um, And then there's the ballet dancer who, you know, we're all so different. It's like even with ballet dancers, a lot of dancers who kind of hop from company to company every three three years or, or so, they change it up. And then you see a dancer who just kind of like, you know, wants to like stay somewhere and make it work. And they stay there for the majority of their career, if not their whole career. Right. It's it's kind of all about your mental state, like how you want it to go. You know, I think it's like if you want it to work, you'll make it work.
1: I think that's the best advice. You're right, because I, you know, <laughs> fr- from what I'm seeing or hearing from the very folks that I talk to is that, you know, there's a place for everybody if that's what you want it, if that's what yeah. you want, you know, instead of getting lock-stepped into a one-path-only option, you know. (laughs) And then, you know, I do like to um, ask a couple of the same questions for each of my guests, and it's fun to hear the varied answers. But um, the first one is if you could go back in time to your 13-year-old self, and obviously how you described it, that was more angst-ridden than, you know, a lot of dancers experience. But with the wisdom, confidence, and lessons that you've learned along the way, what would what advice would you give to
0: yourself? Um, work a little harder. That's to, that's to my that's to my thirteen year old.
1: Right, self. and that's good.
0: I think some kids at that age, they need to calm down.
1: (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Work a little less hard and more fun.
0: (laughs) And have and enjoy your childhood a little bit. Um, But anyone at that age, it's just, you know, yeah. But again, like even with some, you see young dancers at that age and, some have who are a little more gifted they might be naturally thin they might be naturally more turned out with feet you know they might have more of this raw talent right um and it's it's a little bit easier for them yet else and then you see the dancer the young dancer who just wants it wants it wants it it's just fighting for it fighting for it fighting for it loves it loves it and they they don't have a lot of physical gifts Right. But they have a certain passion and drive for it that they might succeed more than the other, you know. it's That's so a good point, fo-
1: it's yeah. Just,
0: it's really interesting to see, you know, the gifts people have or what they lack. And even with me at that age, like, as I said before, I think I lacked a certain musicality, a certain way of dancing. I think, you know, I had a passion for it. I had some physical... Uh, ailments with my body, the way it was kind of structured and, you know, that, and it put me off, it made me kind of like hide. I didn't, I wanted to like, I was ashamed of it instead of just being like, oh, I need to work on this. If I'm going to get to the next level, I need to just work on this. That's okay. Cause I have this too. And I think if a young dancer can realize what they're gifted in and then the things that they're not gifted in, and that's Okay. We're not perfect.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> like, not going to be the make or break if you, unless yeah, you let it be.
0: Right. And, you know, it's great when we teach our children like, oh, but there's only one you in the world, blah, 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 which is true. But then if you really want something, what do you have to do to work harder to get there? If you really want it, you know, like you've got to contribute too. Right. <laughs>
1: okay. You're not stuck. <laughs>
0: You know, going back to Kennedy's speech, you know, just like, don't ask what everyone can do for you, but what can you do for, especially if you're passionate about doing it, if you just, you know, you've you've got to realize what you're good at and what you struggle with and then make it work. (laughs) I
1: like it. And if you were uh, an inspiring dancer you know today and had this type of resource available to you like this podcast, who do you think would be a great inspirational guest to hear from from your perspective?
0: oh, interesting. God, there's so many i think um I think foresight is amazing
1: yes yes
0: um I have just re- you know. He's another person too, Whether you've loved, loved his work or haven't, he's just got so many incredible things to say. And anytime I've heard an interview from him, and last year he was in Philadelphia because the Pennsylvania Ballet did his artifact suite, and he did a kind of an open interview with an audience. And uh, just the things he had to say was just so great and so down to earth. And so, you know, and also he's a just kind of another person out there that's just like, allow yourself to fail and then learn from it. You know, the way I, I've i seen how he's dealt with his career too, it's just been really interesting.
1: Yeah. And he does seem like he's, you know, even he, at being such a, big name and and brilliant he's, he seems fairly accessible to people which is very impressive i think yes yeah.
0: and he's i think he's he's really passionate now and you know, i think he's like 60 now it's not a little older he's passionate about mentoring that's one person well now he's you know the the new um the new university in los angeles uh he's going to be on faculty there so that's amazing.
1: Yeah, one of my previous guests, um, Helen Pickett. Uh, I think she yes. worked with him. She, she Helen was worked. really yes. amazingly inspirational to listen to. Yeah. She was a good one. Yeah, I did a um, week of. Um, it was more than a week, but anyway, I did a little mini series on women in choreography, and so mm-hmm. I was able to talk I to. I actually, really-
0: yeah, I saw that you had, uh, had interviewed her.
1: Yeah, she was neat.
0: Helen's great. She did a piece on Ballet a few years ago.
1: Ah. Yeah, she seems like she'd be a very dynamic personality in real life.
0: Very. (laughs) Very. She's very passionate, um, but she's great. And she worked with Forsyth for, like, a good 15 years. And all those people who worked with him, they have so much to say. And what's so great about what they have to say is, like, as I was saying before, like these things you have to work on, but then like make it, if it's all about yourself and you make it about you and the audience, then that's all you have to do. Right. And as simple as that sounds, it takes a lot to get there, but it's it's really all about like the best artist you can possibly be. Yeah. Physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, it's just like the the best person you can be on stage, you know, and off if you're going to be more in a director-choreographer role. it was
1: Or a real person. <laughs> or a
0: real person, yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> no, but I think that that's, that's beautiful advice, and I think that um, it's a perfect way to end this really wonderful interview. Cool. Thank you, Matthew.
0: Oh, absolutely. I really,
1: really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Kimberly.
1: Well, best of luck, and I look forward to um, seeing – your name everywhere
0: (laughs) (laughs) you too congratulations on all the work you're doing it's been great
1: oh well thank you and thanks everyone once again for tuning in to today's show of balancing point podcast and if you do like what you hear on this show please take a few moments to stop by iTunes and leave a rating and review it really helps bring more awareness to the show thus allowing more people to learn about my guests and their fabulous journeys and dance And be sure to tune in each and every Monday for my Ask Megan show where Megan Fairchild, the principal dancer with New York City Ballet, answers your questions personally. And if you want to know how to leave a question, go to my website and there's a tab on the side of the website that tells you exactly how to leave a voice uh, question for Megan. And you can do that from your computer or your phone. And if you feel a little bit um, less inclined to have your voice on the air, then go ahead and send an email question. She'll answer that one as well. So again, tune in every Monday for the Ask Megan show brought to you by Balancing Point. And until the next time, you guys have a great day.